Good morning, Venture Church, and Happy New Year from all of us here on staff. We do pray that this will be an awesome day for you as you celebrate together with your family and friends, and we're looking for great things from God this year as we serve Him. You know, as we begin a new year, we know that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for us, blessings and joy as we spend time with our family and friends, but we also know that any new year will bring hardships and trials, tests to our faith, but we know that God is with us and that if we place our lives in His hands, He will use our lives for His glory and for His fame. And that's what we're asking the Lord to do. I want to talk to you this morning about a theme, looking ahead. And the Bible tells us in Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good. God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purposes. As we look at the Bible this morning, God wants to encourage us to look to Him as the source of all that is good and lovely and beautiful, and yet to know that He is more than sufficient to help us during those moments this year that may be difficult, because God is present and He is worthy of our praise and service. And no matter what comes to our life, God will do it all for our good. All He wants us to look, do is to look ahead. Now the question is, look ahead to what? We're going to be in the book of Hebrews, and I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. This is known as the Hall of Faith or the Heroes Hall of Faith, and we're going to be looking at some of the characters in this great passage. But first, let's begin with Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. You know, we have often considered that this first verse of Hebrews 11 and 1 defines what faith is. But I think that more than a definition of what faith is, because Paul also talks about what faith is, I think what the, the author of this chapter is going to present to us is a summary of how faith looks, what faith does. In other words, in the, in the life of the characters portrayed here in Hebrews chapter 11, it's going to tell us if you are people of faith, this is the way it's going to look. Now, the author says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Another word for sure is confidence, so that what Hebrews 11 is going to show us are examples of people who had firm confidence in the promises of God, even when life became complicated and difficult. And then he adds, faith is being certain of what we do not see. The word certain means conviction or certainty and conviction in the promises of God. Now this morning we're going to look at two heroes in the hall of faith, Abraham and Moses. We're going to learn from the text that Abraham and Moses, by faith, obeyed and sought God with all their heart because they looked to those spiritual realities that made them strong in life. And I'm encouraged this morning as I bring this message to you because that's what we need to look to this year. Those spiritual realities that will make us strong in our life and in our families. And they did this looking at these realities and it allowed them to keep on going when life became hard. And it was those biblical truths that helped them to endure and persevere until the end. And if I could just take a moment to anticipate an application, just talk about the family and how this relates to the family. As I think through this and we think about seeking the, the things above, we need to find ways to deepen our walk with the Lord, 
our spiritual walk with Christ. And I think that we need to begin to pray that our children will have such beautiful and powerful transforming experiences with the Lord that that will bring healing to our lives. There's a lot of brokenness in our homes. Children suffer socially and mentally and physically, but they need to find restoration and peace. And it begins with you. It begins with me as we begin to look at these spiritual realities. So what did Abraham and Moses do? What can we learn from their lives that will help us as we start this new year? How did they look ahead? So let's commit this time to the Lord. And so, Father, on this first day of the year, we we just thank you for your blessings. And we thank you for your goodness to us. And during this brief time, we invite you here to be with us in this place, in the homes, and that God, your spirit, will speak to us and encourage us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hebrews 11 calls us to faithfulness to God, to faithful endurance as followers of Christ. Now, no one knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. Scholars in the New Testament give at least 20 different names, Paul, Luke, many others who possibly wrote this book. But the purpose of the author as he wrote the book of Hebrews was to encourage those first century Jewish believers in Jesus as the Messiah not to forsake their faith, not to go back to Judaism because they were suffering for Jesus. And he wants to use that same message to encourage us today. The author reminds them of how their faith in Christ early in their journey with Christ led them to stand their ground. And if you look at chapter 10, verse 32, it says, stand their ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. At the end of chapter 10, the author recounts how they stood the truth of the gospel and reminds them of how they were publicly insulted and persecuted, and yet they stood with their church family who also suffered. The author then commended them for standing with those in prison for the faith. And then hard to imagine for us, they also says in verse 34 of chapter 10, joyfully accepted confiscation of their property. Now this is hard for us because we live in a, in a system of liberty and private ownership and law. But why did they have this joy? even before such loss. Well, verse 34 goes on and says, because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. You see, they were looking ahead. They were looking ahead that even though they confiscated their property, even though they they suffered for Jesus Christ, they can look ahead to something much better. They lived this way because they looked ahead to things that couldn't perish or be taken away from them. But what now? How would they respond considering a renewed series of persecutions and sufferings for Christ? I mean, the question is, hadn't they suffered enough for Christ? Maybe it was better to go back to Judaism and forsake Christ and the gospel message. The author encouraged them by saying in verse 35, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And then added in verse 36, You need to persevere. You need to endure so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has been promised. That is the fullness of eternal life and reigning with Christ in the coming kingdom. When we come then to Hebrews 11, the purpose of this great chapter is to encourage 
Jewish Christians living in the first century to persevere, to endure in the faith until the end. Because, as it says here, their faith will be rewarded here on earth and in eternity. And that's what we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, which I would like to read. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before you, that is the Christian walk, the Christian life. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, see, he makes a parallel with what they had gone. They joyfully were willing to have their properties confiscated. They were imitating Jesus, who it says here that for the joy set before him also endured. And what did Jesus endure? He endured the cross, scorning its shame. And then he sat down. He sat down because his work of redemption was complete or completed. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he invites them to consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So in the same way at the start of a new year, my friends, God wants to encourage us to run the race that God has for each of your lives this year. He's inviting us, He's inviting you, He's inviting me to deepen our walk with Christ, to persevere, to be faithful, no matter what comes to our lives. If we simply keep looking to Jesus, look ahead to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, perhaps the road you see ahead of you at the start of this year is tough. It is uncertain, and it's filled with many challenges. I understand that while we celebrate the first day of the year, and with that, there comes a lot of hope and joy, it still may be a difficult time for some of you. For some of you, you're starting the year with concerns of sickness. Your health is not good, and you're concerned about that. Sadness because of someone maybe very special to you that you dearly loved, and they are no longer with us. Perhaps you're worried about what's going on in our country and in our world, and you see laws almost every day either being passed or contemplated that want to, to, to silence our Christian witness. There's much uncertainty of the future in our country, of the economy. How can we provide for our family? How will the future look like? You see the crime and senseless murders taking place in many of our streets and politicians who seem not to care about what's going on. As I read and study this passage, I notice several elements of faith in these heroes that enabled them to keep going. And the question is, how did they do it? You know, how were they able to live with this perspective of looking ahead? Let's begin looking at the first example, the example of Abraham. Abraham looked forward to a city God was preparing for him. We read in chapter 11 and verses 8 through 10, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. 
By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was, listen again, he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, Abraham is called the father of faith in the Bible. We're introduced to Abraham for the first time towards the end of chapter 11 in the book of Genesis and chapter 12. God had told Abraham to leave his household and to take his family to a place that he would later show him. And in his lifetime, Abraham wasn't always a model of faith. But through his many experiences, God began to mold him into a powerful example of what a person of faith can do, how a person of faith can live. And although God had promised him descendants and inheritance of the promised land, he didn't live to see the fulfillment of these promises. Yet the Bible tells us that he was able to continue on his journey on earth, even though many times it was difficult, it was tiring, and it was painful. He looked to a spiritual reality. He knew that this life, this world, was not his final home, that there was a city whose maker was the Lord. You know, when we come to the New Testament, especially in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 21 and 22, we read of this eternal city that is still future. Revelation 21 and verse 1 talks about a new heaven and a new earth. The Bible talks about this city that God is preparing for us. The depiction of the eternal city served to encourage believers of the readers of the book of Revelation, those first century believers when facing hardships and suffering because they were identifying with Jesus. The fact is that this is not our final home. The reality of a future city, my friends, has helped me many times when I long for those loved ones that have gone to be with the Lord. As I was studying this passage, I was reading in a Spanish Bible that belonged to my mom. I gave it to her back in December of 2001. And it was so interesting to see all the notes that she had written on her Bible, little pieces of paper that she had left in that. And I became saddened and began to long for her. But at the same time, just like you and I, I know my mom, I know my dad is with the Lord, but I do know that you and I will see our loved ones one day, our loved ones who died in Christ. Why? Because there's a city that God has prepared for us. This life is not our final resting place, but praise God, he has prepared a place for us. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 14 says, For here we do not have an endurance city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Abraham continued even when life was hard because he knew that there was a city, a future with God, which encouraged him to keep hoping, keep trusting, keep worshiping his Creator. As you walk through life, just remember that we're going to have ups and downs this year, blessings and hardships. But remember that God is not only the architect of a future city, but He's also the architect of your life. That He is working something beautiful, something new, something powerful for His glory this year in your life. You see, God was doing something in the life of Abraham while he learned to wait. And often in life, we have to learn to wait. But it's in the waiting that God is shaping us and molding us and preparing us for great things. 
but keep looking ahead. Keep looking to God. Keep trusting that God is not through with you or your family. Second, let's look at Moses. Moses chose to serve God because he looked ahead to his God and to his reward. Moses aligned himself with God's agenda rather than with the pleasures of this world because he looked ahead to his Savior, to his Maker, and to his reward. It says in Hebrews eleven twenty four through 27, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace. Here's that word again. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing, not fearing any president, not fearing any political leader, any law, any cultural change that brings pressure to the Christian faith, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. As Moses looked to him who is invisible, he kept pursuing his reward because he was convinced of how God wanted to use him to free the Hebrews. He could have stayed and lived a prosperous and famous life as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. Just imagine that for a minute. But instead, he pursued God's call on his life. We know this because back in Acts chapter 7 and verse 25, and you can look at that verse later, it tells us that he believed that God was using him to rescue the Hebrew slaves. This tells me that when you have a good sense of who God is and his purpose for your life and how God wants to use you, this becomes a powerful impetus to stand for God and his will in your life no matter what. Pastor Tim often says that if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Moses knew his purpose and moved forward looking ahead to what God wanted to do in his life. I hope that just as Moses, you've determined in your heart to serve the Lord and to see the great things God wants to do through you as you continue to look to Him. You know, it's no secret that it's becoming harder to live faithfully for the Lord in the world. I recently listened to Eric Metaxas. He's a Christian analyst, and um, he's written a lot of books, one of them called Miracles, which I suggest. But he was talking about the importance for us to be ready to talk to others and share the love of Jesus Christ, but also to be ready when, to, when something comes up culturally or, or in our world, in any matter, to say what God says about that. Not to stay silent while a world bent on eliminating God from all of life continues to push a message that's destroying the lives of people, especially and including our children. Metaxas spoke of the uh, church in World War II in Germany that stayed silent while the Nazis continued their ideology of eliminating the Jewish population. Many believed in the church at that time, including pastors, 18,000 strong at the beginning, but as Nazi Germany continued their pursuit, only 3,000 pastors stayed faithful to opposing the regime at that time. But he says, what do we do 
when something in culture stands against God. And he gives the illustration of Will, uh, William Wilberforce. William Wilberforce in, in England was a Christian. And he got political. He stood up for truth, for God's truth. And because of that, slavery ended in England. And he became an inspiration to us in our country. Now, at Venture Church, we always say that we should speak the truth in love. That our life and tone shouldn't offend, but that the gospel message and God's biblical truth will often offend. Because it calls people to a different life. Not one of selfishness and self-preservation, but to a life in relationship with Jesus and His purposes for each one of us in His church. But there's something else more important that we learn from Moses' life here. The Bible says Moses chose to be mistreated. He aligned himself with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. When tempted to sin, my friends, remember Christ. Remember the death of Christ for your sins. Remember that your body and my body is temple of the Holy Spirit. This age is the age of the Spirit. That means that God lives in each one of us through His Spirit. We will all be tempted to sin, to disobey the Lord, to fall into the trap of pursuing the fleeting pleasures of this life. But we must choose the Lord just as Moses did. And to suffer whatever loss may come, rather than to adopt the passing pleasures that this life offers. We need to be like Enoch. We're not talking about Enoch this morning, but if you look earlier in the chapter, in chapter 11, verse 5, he's commended because in a, in, a, in a sinful culture, he learned to bring pleasure to God. What a concept that you and I will learn to bring pleasure to God. There are so many other truths that we could talk about in the life of Abraham and Moses, but I know it's January 1st and we have a busy day with friends and family. The readers of Hebrews were asking themselves, is it worth it? For these readers, it was becoming more and more difficult to stay true to God and His Word. Following Christ might cost them once again. And maybe they should just stay home, not get involved with the church. Maybe not get involved in the community because they might just become a bullseye because of their allegiance to Christ, because of their faith in God and His Word. There may be a moment in your life this year where you might ask the question, is it worth it? And I want to say to you, absolutely, most definitely, yes, see <laughs> in Spanish, it is worth giving your life to Jesus, living for Jesus, and by His Spirit and by faith, persevering until the end. You know, this year, your life and my life can become an inspiration for those who see us live. And our lives can leave a legacy for those who will follow, a legacy for your children, for your grandchildren, for your family, and for your friends. We can be like Abraham who looked ahead to a future city whose architect and maker is God, and that gave him hope to endure. And we can be like Moses, who although he could have had it all in this world, chose to identify with the people of God. Why? Because he looked to his maker and to the reward that God had for him for faithful obedience and service. Years ago, there was a popular singer by the name of Steve Green. I attended some of his concerts many years ago. And he wrote many beautiful songs. One of them entitled, 
find us faithful. Let me just read the lyrics. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Venture Church, our deepest desire for you this year is for God to bless you and your family and to use your life for His glory as you look ahead to those spiritual realities that God has prepared for you. A city not made by human hands, but by our Creator. And look into the one who is invisible, our Creator God, who will reward us if we simply persevere by faith. Father, as we begin this year, we confess our great need of you. Lord, help us to be like these heroes of faith, like Abraham and Moses, who looked ahead to realities beyond what we could see with our human eyes, Lord. God, bless every family, every father, every mother, every child. Bless all of us who are part of Venture. Bless the staff. Bless each one of us as we give our lives anew, afresh, at the beginning of this year. And Lord, our desire is to serve you and to glorify your name. Lord, we look to you for great things to happen in our lives and in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a final song. I, I pray that this will be an awesome day for you and your family and friends. We'll see each other soon. God bless you.